You're listening to a Richwood Church podcast. I suspect that this COVID-19 season has been especially difficult on women. You've been asked to juggle jobs, teach children at home, and you've been asked to do your normal household duties. And everything has changed. Even that video that we watched before with the interviews showed social interaction that was recorded before the pandemic. And so it has caused many to fall into anxiety and fatigue, fear, and even despair. But I want to give you hope, and I'm going to do that through the book of Esther. We're going to jet through that book. And guys, I want you to be encouraged as well. Because God used Esther in amazing ways. She was faithful. And Esther's a great study, whether you're male or female. But on this Mother's Day weekend, to you women, I say, you are amazing. You are strong. You have impact on the people around you. And this world would be a desolate place without you. Esther is a woman that was used by God to change history. And it may not seem like it in your sphere of influence, but you're a mover and shaker too. Lives are changing around you. And especially as you navigate this COVID-19 season, I want you to be encouraged that you can be a woman that changes history. Now, the amazing thing about the book of Esther is that God isn't even mentioned in the book, but yet his fingerprints are all over it. He's driving this whole narrative forward, and he uses Esther to do amazing things. So if you have a Bible, if you have a tablet, if you have a phone, I would love you to turn to the book of Esther, and we're going to begin in chapter 2, verse 15. And we're going to fly through this book and we're going to get a handle on this narrative. And I think you'll be encouraged because what you'll see here is a woman who's unafraid to step in to what God has for her. And in chapter 2, verse 15, the text tells us that Esther was winning favor in the eyes of all who saw her. And it was God that was bringing that favor upon her. It was God that had allowed her to be put in that position. And it was God that was using her to bring about this change in history. Now the setting for the book is in Persia in 480 BC. The king is Ahasuerus. And Esther is living in Susa with her cousin Mordecai, who is a very godly man. And of course, they're both Jewish, but they've kept that a secret until this point because it would be the threat of their lives. And chapter 1 begins with a banquet, a feast. The king holds a dinner for the rich and famous of the time. Anybody who was anybody would have been there. And As the Bible says, he becomes merry with wine. He commands his wife, the queen, Vashti, 
to parade her beauty in front of all of the men. And she says, no, I'm not going to do that. And that took integrity to say that. Because it definitely could have cost her her life. In fact, she was deposed as queen. But what God did through that incredible statement of strength was pave the way for Esther now to enter into the scene. And that brings us to the first point that I want you to know as we look at this book, and that is, within the COVID-19 era, your integrity will change history. When you live in integrity, you're going to change a lot of people's lives. Now, no doubt that Vashti could have been beheaded for this action. And it's the only time that Vashti is mentioned in the book, in the Bible. So we don't know exactly what happened to her afterward. But what we do know is that God was bringing about a redemptive plan to save his people. And he used this woman Vashti and her integrity and her modesty and her willingness to say, no, you're not going to parade me in front of the eyes of all these men. He used that kind of integrity to usher Esther onto the stage. And then it would be Esther that God uses to move this narrative forward. And you know, when you live with this kind of integrity, when you live in modesty, when you live in purity, when you live in truth, a lot of people in your life are going to be affected. People around you are going to be watching you. you you're going to have a huge influence on, on your husband, on your children, on your grandchildren, on your nieces, on your nephews, on your friends. Because they're watching you and they are learning from you. And especially in this COVID-19 era, that influence will even be expanded because people around you are lost. They're fearful. They're confused. They're having a hard time trusting anyone. And in here you are walking with God. And he's not expecting you to be perfect. They're not looking for perfection. They're just looking for real, a real relationship, an authentic relationship. And that's what you can bring to the table. And that's exactly what Vashti did here. Her integrity helps this redemptive plan of the Jewish people to take off. And, and so we see that her integrity does that, and your integrity moves people around you. And so this courage of Vashti, this integrity of Vashti moves the narrative forward. So then, in chapter 2, we no longer have a queen because Vashti has been deposed. And so the king holds what amounts to a beauty pageant. He's going to bring all the most beautiful women of the land. He's going to choose a new queen. And Mordecai enters Esther into the pageant. And sure enough, Esther wins. And the king chooses her to be the next queen. And that jets Mordecai into a new position of power. We then see him at the city gates which means he was likely a judge. In that time, if you visit Israel, you go to these old cities that are, have been uncovered and there is 
a small kind of opening into the city, and that's the city gates, and that's where all the men of renown would sit. And that's where Mordecai was. And while he was there, he heard about a plot. It was a plot to kill the king. And he reported it, but nothing ever came of it. He didn't get recognition for it. But then in chapter 3, the antagonist enters into the picture. And his name is Haman. And Haman had a high position in the land. He was likely a prime minister type person, but he was petty and small, and he was power hungry. And as he is promoted to this high office, the king makes an edict that everyone bowed down to Haman. But Mordecai said, no, I'm a Jew. I'm not going to do it. He knew who his God was. He wasn't going to sacrifice himself to this person, Haman. And Haman was incensed. And so at that moment, Haman decided, I am going to destroy Mordecai. I am going to destroy the Jewish people. And at this point of the narrative, it seems as though the, the Jewish people are doomed. And, and we've seen so much of this through history. So, so much of this hatred toward Jews. And here again, God will have to step in and save his people. And this is where the narrative really begins to pick up steam. Because Mordecai is appalled at this. And Mordecai goes out into the city square and he, he mourns. And Esther comes out and asks him what's wrong. And, and he said to her, you got to be careful. Your, your life is in danger. Our, our people are in danger. And then he challenged Esther. He challenged Esther to go to the king and save the people from destruction. And so Esther now has the providence of God on her side. And if you move ahead now in your Bibles to chapter 4, verse 14, we see that Esther is, in Mordecai's mind, perfectly positioned to pull this off. Here's chapter 4, 14. For if you keep silent at this time, Mordecai said, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not come to this kingdom for such a time as this. You see, Mordecai believed in God. And he believed in his heart that God was preparing Esther for this moment in time. And you have been prepared for this moment in time, for such a time as this. Now, I know it's a struggle right now in this pandemic. I know that you have pressure on you. I know that days go by just like the day before that and the day before that. But be encouraged that God knew this pandemic was coming all along. And he chose you 
He chose you to be where you are, whether it be in your home or at work with your children. He chose you to be there because he trusts you and he loves you and he knew you would be the best person. And that's what he's doing here with Esther. He had brought her to this point. The hand of God was moving and Mordecai saw that happening and he challenged Esther to go to the king. But even as the queen, she didn't have access to the throne room. She would have to risk her life to do this. And so let's move ahead now to chapter 5, and we'll start in verse 1. And Esther indeed does take Mordecai up on this challenge. She is going to go before the king, and it's quite an amazing moment. So chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. On the third day, Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the king's palace in front of of the king's quarters, while the king was sitting on his royal throne inside the throne room opposite the entrance to the palace. And when the king saw Queen Esther standing in the court, she won favor in his sight. And he held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. Then Esther approached and touched the tip of the scepter. And so if you could just picture this, there would have been a chamber and then a throne room and the, and the king would have looked through an opening and seen Esther standing there and, and the king would have had a, a rod of some kind that was a golden scepter and he would, have, he would have reached it out and she would have touched it and it was a sign of favor toward her. It was a sign of, it's okay that you're here. It was a token of goodwill. And so God had his eyes on Esther. He, he favored Esther. And then in verse 3, and the king said to her, what is it, Queen Esther? What is your request? It shall be given you even to the half of my kingdom. And Esther said, if it please the king, let the king and Haman come today to a feast that I have prepared for the king. That had to be confusing because he's offering her whatever she wants. And all she asked for is a feast where Haman would come. You see, she was taking Mordecai up on his challenge. There was a redemptive plan going on here that God was working through this woman, Esther, and her courage made this all possible. And that's the second point. Not only does Vasti's integrity show you that integrity can change history. But now we see that your courage can change history. God was using the courage of Esther to redeem his people. And so many times in the Bible, God used amazing women to protect his people. You can think of Sarah who was the mother of the Jewish nation and how God used her even at an advanced age in order to build his kingdom. And then there was Jochebed, the mother of Moses. Remember how she took Moses and, and, and she put him in the basket and, and, and stuck him in the Nile River and then the, the house of Pharaoh received him and she pretended to be a nurse 
watched over Moses, and then Moses became the deliverer of the Jewish nation and marched them out of Egypt. I think of Mary Magdalene, this, this disciple of Christ that, that loved Jesus so much, who had been ridded of demons, and she was the last at the cross and the first at the tomb, and, and, and God gave her this privilege of announcing the resurrection of Christ. And then, of course, there's the mother of Jesus, Mary, who believed in the promises of God. All of these women were used in order to move God's kingdom purposes forward. Now, when you read the Bible, they all seem like superheroes. But really, they weren't. They were ordinary women who simply believed. They walked with God. And God used them to change history. And that's what God is doing in your life, even if it doesn't seem so. Even if every day is a grind. Even if some days you're so discouraged because this pandemic seems like it's never going to end. God is using each day of your life, each moment of your life, in order to move his kingdom purposes forward. Just like he's done through all of history. Just like he's doing here with Vashti and Esther. For, for Vashti, it was her integrity and her modesty and her commitment to her own dignity that God used to, to usher Esther in. And then he uses Esther's incredible courage and he's using those same attributes in you to affect people around you. And so as the narrative continues now, the request for the feast is granted. And the king has a sleepless night. And by God's providence, he finds out that it had been Mordecai that had stopped this plot, that he had reported it, that it never went anywhere. Mordecai was never honored for that. So the king decides this Mordecai needs to be championed. He needs to be honored. And just then, Haman this antagonist, this power-hungry man, comes to the king to receive permission to execute Mordecai. He had already built gallows to execute Mordecai, to begin to destroy the Jewish people. But before he can make his case, the king turns it all upside down. And for this, we jump ahead now to chapter 6. And we begin in verse 6. And we see Haman thinking that there's going to be this huge celebration to honor him. But really, it's Mordecai that will be honored. And so we begin here in 6.6. 6. What should be done to the man whom the king delights to honor? And Haman said to himself, whom would the king delight to honor more than me? And Haman said to the king, For the man whom the king delights to honor, let royal robes be brought, which the king has worn, and the horse that the king has ridden, and on whose head a royal crown is set, and let the robes and the horse be handed over to one of the king's most noble officials. Let them dress the man whom the king delights to honor 
and let them lead him on the horse through the square of the city, proclaiming before him, thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delights to honor. Well, Haman has this whole thing all set up to honor him. But then in verse 10, it's like a mic-dropping moment. Then the king said to Haman, hurry, take the robes and the horses you've said, and do so to Mordecai the Jew. Can you imagine? Haman had to be saying, what? He absolutely played the fool. He had set this whole thing up to honor himself, and now Mordecai would receive all of this honor. He had built the gallows to execute Mordecai. Now he would be executed on those same gallows. And in chapter 7, God uses Esther again, and she identifies Haman as the ringleader. And the king is saddened, but he, he sends Haman to his death. And only God can do that. And then in chapters 8 through 10, everything changes. The, the king has compassion on the Jews, and he, he makes an edict that the Jews can defend themselves. And so they, they've gone from being hunted down by this, by this king to being protected by the king. And then this, this feast called the Feast of Purim is instituted, and that's a, a feast that's still celebrated today. The Jews celebrate their deliverance in this particular instance. In fact, one of the reasons this book was written by probably Mordecai was to detail how that feast was instituted. But you see how God pulled the nation of Israel out of certain destruction because he was working behind the scenes and his sovereignty was at work. He used Vashti's integrity. He used Esther's incredible courage. But, Make no mistake about it, it was God's faithfulness. It was his power that won the day. And the last thing I want you to be thinking is that you have to do all of this on your own or that you have to carry the burden of being some great example for everyone. And I want to leave this point with you. Within the COVID-19 era, you will be carried by God's faithfulness. You don't have to do this on your own. And one of the greatest sources of peace that you can find in the COVID-19 season is to rest in the sovereignty of God. Because God's sovereignty is all over this book. God sovereignly used Vashti to allow Esther to have this stage. God used Mordecai at the city gates to hear of the plot God used Haman to set up an honoring ceremony for Mordecai. God was at work the whole time. It's God's sovereignty that won freedom for the Jews here. One of my favorite verses in Scripture is in the book of Proverbs, and it speaks of the sovereignty of God. It's Proverbs 16.33. The lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. It's every decision is from the Lord. And so you can trust in the sovereignty of God. And you can look at examples like Esther 
And, and you can say, wow, God used that woman in an amazing way. Maybe he can even use me. And he can use you. Now, I know that as you grind through your day, it doesn't seem like your life is as dramatic as this or has as much influence as this. But I'll guarantee you that God is causing you to have influence in the most important people around you, your children, your husband, your relatives, your friends, because you're walking with God. And that's all he's calling you to do. And in many ways, you are a modern-day Esther. And I want to encourage you as you grapple with this COVID-19 pandemic that God is with you and you are a woman that is changing history. So allow me to pray for you, if you would. Dear God, I pray for each woman that is a part of this time together on this Mother's Day weekend that has so much pressure and the, the, the grandchildren or the children, the duties at home and at work and trying to do school and trying to keep everybody healthy, taking care of aging parents, whatever the case may be, there's so much pressure. And the enemy wants to come along and steal joy by saying, you know what, this is all some kind of random bad luck. This is never going to end. You can't trust anyone. Lord, I pray that you would bring peace. I pray that you'd bring joy. I pray that you'd bring confidence. I pray that the story of Esther would be something that each woman can hang her hat on as a sign that God does use women who simply walk with him. And I pray, God, that you would bring joy and peace into each of these households. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to thank you again for being with us on this Mother's Day weekend. Happy Mother's Day, and may God bless you. Thank you for joining us on the Ridgewood Church Podcast. For more faith-based resources or information about Ridgewood Church, visit us at myrwc.org.